Welcome to Episode 3 of Happily Reformed, a podcast where we discuss practical theology for the average Joe from a Reformed perspective. I'm your host, Jimmy Snowden. In this third installment of the Happily Reformed podcast, I'm going to ask the question, are you a saint? In, in this episode, we're going to discuss what it means to be a saint. And in so doing, we're going to be looking at primarily Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. So, sit back and enjoy the show. I guess you could call this episode a backyard episode of the Happily Reformed podcast because I'm recording this in my backyard. So you're going to hear all the sounds of nature birds, dogs, I guess you could call doors slamming, car doors slamming as sounds of nature. Uh, you might hear rumble strips. It's a beautiful sound. Oh, I love it. It's a glorious thing to hear. Rumble strips, um, cars running over rumble strips as a sound of nature. Oh, here's a, a truck is coming by right now. A beautiful sound of nature. Well, this is a backyard episode of the Happily Reformed podcast. And uh, we're going to be looking at Philippians 1, verse 1. And we're going to be talking about what it means to be a saint. So I'm just going to read Philippians 1, 1. And it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is a letter. Paul is writing a letter to the church in the city of Philippi. It's a real city with real people. And what's interesting is how Paul identifies and how he refers to the Christians in the church of Philippi. He refers to them as saints. He says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. A saint. This is how Paul speaks of Christians. It's like his favorite way to uh, greet Christians as he refers to them as saints. In fact, he refers to Christians or believers as saints in, in the book of Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That's a, that's a lot of times. I mean, it's his favorite way to speak about the people of God. The people of God are saints. Now, when we say saints, he, Paul does not mean, you know, to, to be a saint does not mean to be a, a fan or a player on the New Orleans Saints, right? <laughs> so we, some people say, yeah, I'm a saint. I, you know, I like, I like the football team, the Saints. Well, Paul refers to the Christians pretty much in every city, in all of his letters, almost all of his letters. He refers to the, to the Christians that he's writing to as saints. And that's the very first important thing to note, is that this is a fundamental aspect of who we are as Christians. If you're a Christian, if you are a Christian, you are a saint. And, and you may be saying, what do I... What do I need to do to become a saint? Well, the only thing you need to do to become a saint is repent of your sins 
and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian, you are a saint. And it's important to note that when Paul says to the saints, to all the saints in Philippi, he's not calling them to be saints. He's not exhorting them or commanding them to become a saint. He is describing them. They are saints. And that's very important. If you're a Christian, if you're in Christ Jesus, you are a saint. It's not something that you have to work at. It's part of who you are. You are a saint. Now, what does it mean to be a saint? Well, the word itself means, it's the same, well, it's the same word as to sanctify. Uh, it's the same word as holy. You are, to, to be a saint means to be a holy one. You think of, you know, th- this is what I, I have in my mind. I think of Aaron. Oh, here's another sound of nature. Oh, it's a guy pulling a trailer with a with a lawnmower on it, going over the rumble strip. It's just, I don't know if you can hear it, but it, it is a, you know, sounds of nature. This is something that you would fall asleep to. It's just so, the backyard here is just so inviting and warm. So, um, I got distracted by that. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but, but a saint, it, it's, it means to be a holy one. I think of... Aaron in the book, you know, in the Old Testament, in the um, in the law, he was to wear a, a headband or a turban around his head that said, holy to the Lord. He was set apart for service to God in the temple of God. He was set apart for God's use. And that's what it means to be a saint. To be a saint means, it just means to be, you're a holy one. And what does it mean? What does it mean to be a holy one? Well, the word in the original is the word hagios. And the word hagios just means simply to set apart. Now, what does it mean to be set apart? Well, especially, it means this. And especially when we think about what it means to be a saint or what it means to be a holy one, it means to be set apart by God for God. So, so a saint is one who is set apart by God for God. And it's important to get both of those by and for. It's a saint is one who is set apart by God for God. Now, there's a, a wonderful passage in the book of Deuteronomy. And I believe that this passage is the primary passage um, that informs us of what it means to be called a saint or a holy one. And it's Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. And this is, uh, Moses is here speaking about the people of Israel. And the people of Israel were God's holy people. Listen to what uh, Moses says to the people of Israel. In Deuteronomy 7, 6, he says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Israel was a people holy to the Lord. And the word holy, once again, is the same word that is used. It's the same word as the word saint. It's the same word. It means the same thing. It's the same exact word. So they are, they are saints. They were God's Old Testament saints. For you are a people holy, set apart to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. 
That's what it means to be a saint. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, God has set you apart to be his, and this is the word, this is the phrase in um, Deuteronomy 7, 6. He has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. And that's what it means to be a saint, is that out of all the people on the face of the earth, God has set you apart to be his treasured possession. God has set you apart. He, he has called you be, to be a saint, and he, 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 which means he has set you apart to be his treasured possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. And you think about this in Deuteronomy, where God set apart Israel. Why did he set Israel apart to be his holy people out of all the peoples of the face of the earth? Why didn't he set the Japanese apart? You know, I've, I've said this before when I've been preaching, and people snicker a little bit, the, the thought of God setting another nation apart. But, but it's a legitimate question. Why didn't God set the Mandarin Chinese apart to be his treasured possession? Why didn't he set, I don't know, uh, the people of India apart? Why didn't he set the Native Americans in America apart to be his treasured possession? Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, he didn't choose to set apart the Vietnamese. He didn't choose to set apart the Nigerians. He didn't choose to set apart the Sudanese. He didn't choose to set apart the North Koreans. He didn't choose to set apart the Argentinians. He chose to set apart Israel. He says, you are a people, speaking to the people of Israel, you are a people holy to the Lord. In other words, they're set apart. You're holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Now, of course, we in the New Testament when Jesus came, it changed everything, right? And when Jesus came, now we who place our faith in Jesus, we are God's holy people. We are his saints. And what it means to be a saint is this. It means that God, out of all the people in the world, has set you apart. You're set apart by God, and you he has set you apart to be his treasured possession, it's incredible. This is why, uh, you know, Philippians 1, one this idea that Paul in Romans and 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and, um, and, and Colossians and, you know, in, in Philippians and in all these letters, he identifies Christians as saint, it, it, saints. It is just such a, an exalted term. God, out of all the people of the world, has set you apart for himself to be, you are his treasured possession. Isn't that incredible? I mean, you think the creator of the universe, the one who made all that is, the one who made and sustains the entire cosmos, has come down, condescended to this earth, and out of all the peoples of the earth, he has said, you belong to me. You are my treasured possession. I mean, this is, to, to be a Christian means that you are, of all the people in the world, the most 
privileged of all people because the most significant person in all of existence, God himself, has set you apart as his treasured possession. It's incredible. Now, now, why would God set us apart? I mean, that's that's a, that's an important thing. Is it because we're we're better? No, no, no. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter seven, uh, where uh, Moses talks about the people of Israel being set apart as God's treasured possession. In verse seven, he says, "It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set His love on you and chose you." For you are the fewest of all the peoples. <laughs> so why did God do it? Not because there's anything special about you. No, no, no. There's other people. There's other nations that he could have chosen that were much better, much bigger, much stronger. No, no, no. It's not because of you. And God hasn't chosen us because we're more righteous. No, 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 no. In fact, we know from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that God chose the weak things of the world, right? Uh, but in Deuteronomy 7, verse 8, he says, But it's because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers, that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Why has God chosen you? Why has God set you apart for himself as his treasured possession? Not because you're better than the not than non-Christians. You're not. You, you know, for while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't set you apart for himself because of anything that is found in you. He set you apart because of his infinite love and grace. He set you apart for himself because he is so amazing in his grace and his love. What, what an amazing thought. And, you know, a few weeks ago, I was down in Pennsylvania for uh, work doing some training. And there were people from all over the country who were there. Um, <clears throat> and I got to meet... Um, this guy from Louisiana and we were getting to know each other. I was asking him about his family and in the, in the, uh, in the process of getting to know him, I came to realize that this guy's a believer and we talked about church and we talked about the Lord and, and I began to ask him about his family. And he said that he has a wife and a son. He said, my, he told me that his son was adopted from the Ukraine and that he and his wife adopted their boy from the Ukraine. And I, I was uh, automatically, I was, you know, interested to learn about this because I have some friends in Missouri who uh, adopted a boy from the Ukraine and adopted a few kids from the Ukraine. And I, I know how desperate it is in the Ukraine for these children who are in orphanages. And so I, I asked him, you know, what, you know, what, what was that like to, um, to adopt this boy from the Ukraine. They said, well, what, what happened? It was actually quite the story. He said what happened was that they had uh, set up to adopt this child that was in the womb, and they traveled to the Ukraine to adopt this baby 
as soon as it was born. And when they got to the Ukraine, the biological parents called the adoption off the day that the baby was born. And so the, uh, the orphanage that they were working with called them and said, you know, the adoption is off. And this brother from Louisiana, they're here they are in the Ukraine. They thought that they traveled all the way over to the Ukraine for nothing. And, but then the orphanage said, hey, if you want to adopt a child, just come down to the orphanage. And so they went down to the orphanage and they thought, why not? And they met with the director of the orphanage. And the director took them to a room where there was a stack of binders. He said that there was just these massive stack of black binders. And in each binder was the profile, the medical profile. And this was a an orphanage for um, disabled children. And so it had their medical profile, all of the information about these children, all, every child in the orphanage. And the uh, the director of the orphanage said, listen, you can adopt any child in this orphanage. Here's all of their profiles. And so they started looking through all these binders. And he said it was the most strange circumstance because here he and his wife were, as it were, shopping for a child. And he said it was just so weird and so strange. And so they went through the orphanage and they met with all these different children and they finally set their affection on this boy who had Down syndrome. And they said that they chose this boy out of all the children of the orphanage. And I just thought about that. And, you know, all these children, I mean, and, and from what I understand about orphanages in the Ukraine, is that the children who are not adopted, they go on and, and they usually don't live long. It's very sad. And I, I looked at this brother and I said, what a blessed little boy. You could have chosen any of the children out of that entire orphanage, but this you chose that boy. And the rest of these children, their future most likely will not be they will not fare well. Let's just put it that way. Because it's not like America. And, 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 and this is, it just made me think of what it means to be a saint. These, this, this man and his wife set that boy apart from, for themselves. They said to that little boy with Down syndrome, you belong to us. You are going to bear our last name. You are going to be our, as it were, treasured possession. You're going to be our child. You're, you, you're mine. You belong to me. Now, of course, the, this, this uh, story, you know, it's not the same exact thing as God choosing us and calling us to be his saints and identifying us as his treasured possession. But, but doesn't it? It highlights what it means to be a saint. Out of all the people of the world, God set his affection on us. He set us apart. We are. What does it mean to be a saint? It means to be set apart by God, for God, right? And it's so incredible that 
out of out of this ruin and and the desperation and the the curse of the fall god could have set his love upon anyone but he has set his love upon me and if you're a christian he set his love upon you and he has set us apart for himself to be his treasured possession just as this family this this man and the, his wife set their affection on this boy and out of all the children in that orphanage they said you belong to us you we are going to protect you and provide for you we're going to give you a place at our table you're going to bear our last name we're going to put food on going to provide food for you and put clothing on, clothing on you we're going to take personal responsibility for you and we're going to give you the family name that's what it means to be a saint set apart out of all the people in the world for god as his treasured possession i mean i just i i think about this and it's just so glorious that we can be called saints and of course to be a saint it comes with implications to be set apart by god as his special possession means two things there's a positive and a negative side to it to be set apart for by god for god means that we're set apart from the world so in other words we're called to be set apart from the world and we're set apart for god and his purposes so so it means the implication is that we're to be set apart from the world from the defilement of the world from the sin of the world from the pollution of the world we're called to be set apart from everything that grieves god about the world and we're set apart for and then the second part of this is that we're set apart for god and his use for god and his purposes so isn't that incredible lean into this and rejoice in the fact that paul's favorite way to identify the people of god is not as sinners but as saints those who are set apart by god for god well rejoice in that today i hope that this is encouraging to you and we'll catch you on the next one well i hope that you enjoyed this third episode of the happily reformed podcast as always i'm o- i'm open to feedback any ideas that you guys may have any questions that you may have any feedback at all that you would have please reach out to me you can always email me at happilyreformed at gmail.com i would love to hear from you please like the episode please subscribe to the podcast uh rate the podcast as always five stars is the appropriate number of stars share this with your friends share it on social media um really like to get this off the ground i'm I'm really thankful for for you guys listening uh listening and following and subscribing um and uh that's all i have for you now we'll catch you on the next one stay happily reformed